0: Welcome to another weekly from the Rookery End It is Tuesday the 23rd of February uh, And uh, last weekend Watford played
1: Leeds United in the FA Cup uh, My name's John uh, With me this evening is uh, Mike If i survive survived Slipknot But if I can survive being in the same room as Snotty John Mooney That'll be a bigger accomplishment I think Hello uh, and uh, Jason's not here um, because he's also ill, but we're going to chat to him uh, on the
0: phone or on, on FaceTime uh, in, in a minute. So on this podcast, we're going to look back at the Leeds uh, United FA Cup 1-0 win. Uh, also gonna, we're also going to have, have a go, Mike. We, we, we've been worrying recently that we, we, we're just not grumbling enough.
1: Yeah, which doesn't sit well with me. I'm usually the the, the first to see the negative side of things. Um, but yeah, it did strike me. I think it was after the last podcast. I think I said to you, didn't I? Have we been a bit too sort of rose-tinted glasses here? Are we seeing everything? Everything's rosy and kind of everything is pretty good. But I think we wouldn't be doing our job as supporters. We like to see ourselves as critical friends, don't we? So... We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't sort of have a little poke around the sort of darker corners of Vickery Drone and see what we could find. Yeah, but we're going to, have to need some help to poke around those uh, those darker corners. And we've got a man with us this evening who will
0: introduce you in a little bit. Um, and hopefully he'll help us to, to do a little bit of grumbling and to really make sure. We might not find anything. We might not find anything whatsoever. But he does have the ability um, to, to find the bad <laughs> in what could only be good. And we've got audio evidence. We have audio evidence. A podcast made by
2: Watford fans, fans for Watford fans, from the rookery end.
0: So Saturday, Watford made it through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, uh, probably playing Arsenal, Uh, could be Hull. And um, I wasn't quite sure how we should talk about this game, so I decided, um, just after the game, I went on Twitter and I found a mystery tweeter. I copied their tweets from throughout the game. We're going to use them as a discussion point. Uh, Jason has now joined us on FaceTime. And Jason, the first uh, tweet from our mystery tweeter uh, came about 2 o'clock when the team news was announced. Uh, I can't wait to see more Suarez and Amrabat. Game time is exactly what is needed. Did you agree with that?
2: I did, yeah. I I, I thought the same when I saw the line-up. I, I, I'd, I'd sort of fully been expecting them to... To start as well, and pleased to see them in the lineup, and, and sort of looking forward to them because they were when we made these signings in January, they were a, an improvement supposedly on the squad, uh, and I wanted to see these quality players in a Watford shirt.
0: But did they did they stand out for you? Did they did did it benefit them playing the game? Do you think?
2: Uh, it probably did benefit them playing the game. Uh, they probably didn't have the standout games we would have expected, I think uh for Admiral he was playing as a striker, that's not his best position. He he definitely worked hard. Um, but probably found it harder than, than uh he would do if he's playing uh, one of his more natural positions, either out wide or behind the front two. Um Suarez looked looked decent enough. Showed some nice touches, some good passing ranges, but they're also sort of one or two passes that uh, went went astray. It was a, uh, I suppose it it, it wasn't uh, an exciting game. We dominated without reflecting that in the in the score. Um, so he probably wasn't worked as hard as he would if he was playing in a Premier League game. But but it, it looks good for the
0: future. Okay, well that's interesting, Mike, because the next tweet I, I picked up on was it right at three forty five, right half time, uh, and it said, "Why aren't we in the lead?" We had all the play, no goals. QSF has us playing very defensive, where we were too defensive.
1: Well, QSF, Kike Sanchez Flores, for perhaps the people who have never heard of Watford or Kike before, um, he is defensive. That's the way that Watford play. We we play to have possession. Um, and to get ahead, and then just to try and stay ahead. We're not a gung ho, um, attack at all expenses football team. That's not what we do anymore. So yeah, it should come as no surprise to to anyone that that we played slightly defensively. Um, I think anyone who expected just to turn up and roll leads over just because they're an average Championship side, long you know that doesn't happen in football. We know that teams just don't turn up and roll over. So it is always going to be a uh, a softly softly catchy monkey type type of game. Could we have been ahead? Yeah, and I think it wasn't just half-time, and I know we'll talk about the rest of the game, but we, we had chances throughout, and we possibly should have uh, put the game to, to bed sooner than we did. Um, but we are defensive, and I think we most of us have come to terms with that. It's not necessarily what we're used to in... We've seen a lot of championship football over the last sort of, well, decade or yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and have been lucky to do that even for, for a little bit of the time. But... Um, so we're not necessarily used to the sort of finer tactical elements of a game and perhaps approaching it being defensive minded, as as, as the tweeter said. So, but that's where we're at. And it's served us very, very well in the Premier League. Let's, I think I saw a stat the other day. We've got the third most clean sheets in the Premier League. 40% of our games in the Premier League have ended up with Watford delivering a clean sheet. Now, that is, is some stat. And I think that's worth being, in inverted commas, defensive.
0: Uh, Jason, the next one came uh, just after the goal. Ha 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 ha! Lol, best own goal ever. Um, we deserve the lead, uh, or we deserve to be ahead.
2: Um, I wouldn't say it was the best own goal ever. Um, I've seen worse. I tell you what, it did remind me of uh, of an own goal that West Ham scored for our benefit in the League Cup uh, uh, a few seasons back. Um, <clears throat> it was yeah, a, a big defensive mistake. You can you can see. Why he's done it, he's probably panicked a little bit. What he's not aware of is that Deeney has been rugby tackled to the ground uh, by Liam Bridcut. So he's probably expecting uh, Deeney to come herring in through the back of him. So he's probably trying to get the ball away quickly before Deeney challenges him for the ball. Um, And he fluffed it, which ironically was what we were doing with all our chances (laughs) um, throughout the game in their box as well. So... uh, yeah, a deserved goal from Watford. It was a brilliant, brilliant cross from Watson. A Watson
0: um, whip, Jason. It was a Watson, a Watson whip. Watson
2: whip, it was indeed. And he whipped it into the into the corridor of uncertainty.
0: <laughs> sort of between
2: goalkeeper and defenders, uh, where, where the, the goalkeeper's made a decision. And, and to be fair to the defenders or Watson that, that scored their own goal, the keeper's got to take a bit of blame for this as well, I think. Because he sort of comes out, he's in two minds, sort of stops. And he sort of ends up in no man's land when, uh, when Wooten puts his foot on the ball or, or his knee or whatever it came off. Um, so, yeah, the cross deserved a goal. Watford deserved a goal. Um, and that's what we need to say, I suppose. And that's what we need to say, but <laughs> not, probably not the best hand goal I've ever seen.
0: Um, the other one, uh, Jason, was uh, he then did a, a tweet later on when uh, he said, uh, how, on Kapu, how on earth was Kapu's goal offside?
2: Well, it wasn't. I think it. Yeah, it, it, it confused people. I must say when the whistle went, I assumed that it must have been offside. You look back on the <clears throat> on the replay of the incident. It's obviously given for Deeni putting his hands in the back of the defender Taylor and Taylor going to ground seemed a bit soft to me, to be honest. Yeah, uh, uh, and <clears throat> already talked about Bridcut rugby tackling Deeni to the ground for the goal. You'd like to think if this one was given as a foul, then Deeni would have got his penalty had had we
0: not scored. And and then, Mike, uh, just before the end of the game, Um, we should have put this
1: game to bed by now. Come on, Watford. Well, always come on, Watford. Come on, Watford. Um, Can I just say, though, Watson Whip, I love that phrase, but I don't know if it makes me think more of ice cream or a dance move. I don't know which one the Watson Whip is. Let's combine both those. Yeah, something delicious and... uh... Rhythmic. Rhythmic, yeah, very good. I was going to say sexy. (laughs) And I think that's the first time I've said that out loud for about 20 years, so I (laughs) feel a bit funny about that. But um, So yeah, come on Watford, we should have put the game to bed. And yeah, to people talking after the game that they're a bit concerned that there's only one shot on target and I kind of get that. But also, Leeds were in our box. They had six touches in our penalty area and I think that shows how tough we are to beat how tough we are to play against and it may not look great and it may not be overly exciting and it may not result in us winning games three or four nil but we are so tough to play against and we just not give it we ne- didn't give Leeds a chance now the people I think who were, who were talking about it only being one nil were saying well it only takes a freak own goal which is ultimately what, what won the game for us to to, to swing it back in, in their favour but yeah, we had we had the game sort of one without sort of really winning it Now kind of we we spoke about Tottenham a couple of weeks ago and people called that a 1-0 thumping and I don't think this was quite as dramatic as that but it was a fairly comfortable 1-0 I'm with everyone you, you always want to see Watford score more goals and I think we we potentially could have done um with a bit bit of better decision making and without a pretty poor refereeing decision I think uh, Troy was unlucky to be called uh, for a foul on the on the Kapu goal so I definitely think we like more goals. There's a little bit of me who loves the fact that we're into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup having scored three goals and only two of them have been scored by Watford players. The sort of little perverse nature of me quite, quite likes that fact. Definitely would like more goals but I think it comes from, you know, said a, said a couple of moments ago about us being defensive. We are defensive but the other way to look at it, we're solid and we're winning games. So you've got to take not the rough with the smooth, but you can't have one with it without the other. So we're going to we're going to be defensive. It's going to mean there's going to be not much in games. There hasn't been throughout the season. It was one 0 We through to the next round. Good enough for me.
2: In terms of only having one shot on target, I, that was as much about to do with um, some of our shooting ability, especially towards the end, uh, and our, our us fluffing our lines in the Leeds penalty area as it was to do with any sort of tactical setup. You think of the. Uh, The Kapoo chance, uh, Abdi's running shot, Holobath's running shot just wide, um, Igalo having a chance late on where it sort of hit his knee and bobbled off to the keeper. So they could all have been shots on target. Um, So I think it's as much about that as it is about any sort of tactical setup.
0: At the end of the game, uh, the final tweet he must have sent Wally's in Vickers Road, this mystery tweeter. Um, uh, uh, That will do. Uh, uh, Into the quarterfinals. We did what was needed. And that's sort of what the feeling I got as well. And the feeling definitely came through our little Twitter poll, if you follow us on at what for podcast uh, 38% of you said, did what we had to. Um, 5% said, slightly lucky. Uh, 23% said, who cares, last eight. And then 34% was, was comfortable. So the two biggest ones was actually comfortable. And people said it was. It felt comfortable. So as you're saying, Mike. Uh, but also, uh, we did what we had to. And on to... Uh, well, I, I want to say to say Arsenal in the uh, in the quarterfinals, but it, it could it could be Hull, um, and that that game at some point uh, we'll figure out when it's going to be uh, because I think Arsenal have got a, a few uh, a few games going on at the moment. Uh, feel better soon, Jason.
2: Thank you very much. Igalo, oh, always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible. Always
0: believe in. You're listening to From the Rookery End. So, we got to wondering last week after the podcast um, have we been grumbling enough? We haven't grumbled at all, really. Are we we being taken away in this Premier League year? We're we're ninth. We're through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup for the first time in a long time. Um, have, Have we got anything to moan about? Mike, you know, we're not. The moaning type of fans we we like you said earlier we're we're, we're critical friends
1: don't get me wrong. I love a moan. <laughs> it makes me feel a lot better about a lot of things and uh, in the past, I've moaned on this very podcast about Watford, and I've voiced concerns and voiced worries, and been quite grumpy, quite frankly um but yeah it's it's because because of that, I think because we've been so unrelentingly positive. We hit the stop button. The the podcast was in the can. I thought, oh, come on. are we missing something? Are we sort of blinded by the by the yellow glory that we're seeing unfolding before us? And because uh, you know we want to be balanced, don't we? We want to look at both sides of things. That's that's what supporters should be doing. But um, I'm not sure. I think we're being pretty reasonable. I think it's an amazing season so far and uh, we're reporting it as it is yeah as as a
0: podcast um, we've attended fans forums every year we go to at least one if not if not more Um, we we want to hear from the people who are running the club um, and do this podcast we've been really lucky enough um, to chat to two chief executives Uh, firstly Julian Winter in our first season back in uh, 2010 of doing this podcast and we interviewed the current CEO Scott Duxbury in about 2014 and we you know, we got to know uh, the people a bit more and uh, the only person we haven't spoken to, shall we say, in our time of doing this podcast of six seasons, was Lawrence Bassini. Um, and I don't think anyone actually got to speak to Lawrence or, and figure out if actually he spoke with the Mickey Mouse voice.
1: <laughs> I'd like to think, I think you would. I mean there's us being positive John there's me being positive and saying all <laughs> oh, my negativity was a thing in the we never got to speak to him I don't think he's worthy of coming on the podcast let's leave it at that okay
0: we did have five questions for him but we never got an answers to them um, but we, we want to sort of say look we, we, we're being positive is there any negative there or at least let's try and explore it to find something to grumble about and we thought how could we find our inner grumble but we couldn't <laughs> So we called upon a friend of the podcast. Our very own master of gloom. David, I don't want to go up to the Premier League. Leave me!
1: The lights have gone out. There's a chill in the air. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. It can only mean one thing. I return to the podcast... Dave Levy. Dave how are you? I feel like Anton Deck and, Dec and uh, let's get ready to grumble. <laughs> Very good, I must point out it's the first time that Dave's heard your uh, your intro there, so The Undertaker, how do you feel?
3: I've had worse insults thrown my way.
1: <laughs> so we're, we're here to sort of revisit the, the, the points you made a couple, well more last than... Easter. Last Easter. it was Dave, where you, you were quite vocal, you were quite... Um, yeah, you were very clear that you had some issues about the Premier League and some concerns about what it would mean if we went up and I guess how it would affect our enjoyment as, as supporters. It was, it was after
0: like the, the, the two days after we had drawn at Derby and we hadn't yet played Middlesbrough. So as Watford fans, it wasn't definitely, hey, this could really could happen. It was, it was there, but it never felt 100%. So let's just make sure we know exactly when last year Dave said these things.
3: The Championship is just the best league to be in. It's so much fun. It's equal, it's entertaining, it's open. You know, there's some fantastic clubs and grounds to go to. And the Premier League is terrible. It's overpriced, overhyped, overexposed. (laughs) I mean, you take the money out of it. Being patronised by the media, by other fans, it's miserable. The Premier League is so overhyped. This idea that it's the best league in the world is just laughable.
1: If we could guarantee you a 12th place finish in the Premier League next year...
3: Mm. Yes, I'd probably take that. Of course I'd take that. In the Championship, there is a real sense that there's more of a connection between the communities where the club's teams are based and the fans, and I find the Premier League completely vacuous and full of nothing but hot air and overplayed prima donnas. One of the things I like about going to Watford at the moment is that I can rock up at five to three, go into the rookery end and take my seat. That wouldn't be possible if we were playing in the Premier League because we get lots of johnny come Ladies who'd, who'd want to come, but I'd really rather we played in this Championship again.
1: David, 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 we've got to ask, listening back to that, how do you feel now?
3: Slightly sheepish. (laughs) I think, well, I do think some of those points remain valid and we can talk about the particulars. I think overall, I think I was so upset when we didn't go up and we lost the playoff final that last year I was protecting myself emotionally. I think if I'm honest, that's probably what I was doing. I didn't realize how much of an old man I sound. Though like. <laughs> I, I was last year, I was you know thirty-one, going on eighty-one. I think the point, and although it is amusing that the point about having to get to the ground before five to three, I took that so seriously that I moved from the rookery to the Elton John stand, <laughs> where I now can walk in at about ten 2 um, I mean, overall, the Premier League, I still think has a lot of failings. But I am enjoying this season a lot more than I thought I would. But that's because we're doing quite well. OK, well, let's let's break it down a little bit. Because I think it's fair to
1: say that I I had an inkling that I knew why Dave said what he said back then. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You were protecting yourself. And we'd been to the Premier League before and it wasn't much fun. So I know I want to speak up for Dave a little bit here. We've are going we obviously given him a bit of stick and we'll continue to do so for the, for the rest of the show. And possibly for the rest of his Watford sporting life. But that's what happens when you're uh, a miserable old git. So... <laughs> Let's try and break it down a little bit. So the first thing you said, you said the championship was fun, it's equal, it's entertaining. Now I have to be honest and say I've watched a couple of Champions, uh, championship games since we've gone up and it hasn't taken me long to get turned off to the championship and I indeed have turned off the championship. The, the games have seemed lacking in quality and a bit a bit dull and a bit sort of oh, not really that good. So how do you feel about that first quote? Now, do you stand by what you said about the championship?
3: I'd say that the championship is more equal in that anyone can beat anyone. There is, I know Leicester have done outstandingly this year, but there is a certain predictability to the pattern of the Premier League and, and the results. In terms of entertaining, well, our games have been... We've been resolute, we've been dogged, and we've kept lots of clean sheets, but um, not all of the football has been entertaining from an attacking point of view. We scored a lot more goals last year than we have this year, and there are reasons for that. But, um, so I'd say that I'm right on entertaining... May be right on fun.
0: go on, John. I think though that will change because I think Leicester's showing that the, that the Premier League is a little bit more equal—not really 100% equal, but a little bit more equal—and the fact that the, when this new money kicks in, the, the the Premier League, the lower Premier League clubs will have so much money they will be able to buy the best players from around the world comfortably and not be risking huge amounts of money. It's not going to be the same for those lower clubs like us, like Crystal Palace, um and West Ham, who can who can buy players. So I think maybe it could get a little bit more equal over the next few years. What what but also the the fact that the entertaining also from what for point of view? We know that Kike's come out being a bit more defensive, but there's that's part of an evolution of a of a team. So maybe, maybe when we get these new uh players we have signed uh, already coming through we might start getting some more entertaining players so I agree with you at the moment no but
1: I think it definitely has the potential to be
0: more entertaining and equal soon.
1: But the quality, you can't deny the quality of the Premier League. And I will just say, what used to really bug me when I was a, a proud Championship football supporter was people say we used to mistake competitiveness for a lack of quality. And I think that's a mistake that people are falling into. You hear Man United fans uh, and, and Arsenal fans perhaps saying, oh, well, the Premier League isn't as good anymore because people are beating everyone. That's not true. It's the other teams are getting better. So, it, it, really interesting. And, and the other thing is, it's completely subjective. What people find entertaining so the next thing you said and overpriced overhyped overexposed that's the, that's the Premier League now we're in have well, we've got 11 games left to go with the Premier League so we've had a a real good experience at it a good experience of it you've been to lots of away games you you obviously season ticket holder so how do you feel on on that at the moment how's the is the Premier League meeting up
3: to your uh dismal
1: uh, expectations
3: <laughs> well I'm paying 46 pounds to go to Old Trafford next week so it's certainly overpriced because uh, they've had even they've had many fewer goals than we've seen this season which is saying something. Um it is overpriced. I I I'd certainly support the 20s plenty campaign which yeah. is um something that's not just an issue in the Premier League but the prices are ridiculous. Um games are played at very strange times. They're moved often at uh, the whims of TV late far too late for people to book trains and make travel arrangements. Um it, the price sort of per game has gone up because we're playing fewer games. The quality of the football has probably gone up because we're seeing um, tactically the games have, have evolved a lot more from uh, from how we were playing last season. Well, I do think it is overhyped. I, I think people mistake excitement for quality, and that's a point you were making as well. That just because the the Premier League is seen as exciting does not mean. In any way that it uh, is seen uh, as a high quality, and I, I just don't buy the argument that the Premier League is the best in the world.
1: I'm seeing a bit of a pattern here, Dave, and I hope you're not going to mind me mind me suggesting this, but yeah, it seems to me that you've got issues. Definitely got issues with the Premier League. It doesn't seem like they're going anywhere, mm. but they're not necessarily issues
3: with Watford, which is a good thing, isn't it? No, absolutely, yeah. No, my problem's not been with Watford. We're having a gre- We're having a great time of it as a club. We're punching well above our weight. We're doing really well. I had my reservation with Kike in the first month when we played 11 men behind the ball and we didn't look like we were trying to win games. I put a tweet out saying, I'd rather see Forestieri score a winner in the uh, at Huddersfield away than see us draw nil-nil with West Brom and play 11 men behind the ball. Uh, and I still kind of feel that way. Luckily, Kike... Uh, well, I don't think you read my tweet, but we suddenly we, <laughs> we switched and we, started, uh, we, you know, we allowed Troy to get within 10 yards of uh, Igalo And we suddenly started scoring goals and looking a lot more dangerous. So, yeah, I think tactically we've evolved and it is getting more exciting. But, yeah, absolutely, my problem is not with Watford. Um, it's with sort of modern football and the Premier League. And I still think most of the things I said about the Premier League are true, just that we're having a better time of it than we expected. But ask Aston Villa how good the Premier League is. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that
0: what what makes a great league for you is how well your club is doing, isn't it? Um, the the bit about the that you said about, and I completely agree with it. Um, well, you said being patronised by the media and other fans. Now, I don't think other fans are necessarily patronising it as much. That's that's sort of still there. I don't think we've. I think Bournemouth took a lot of flack um, for being there. Isn't it lovely? Aren't Bournemouth doing well? Um, but do you reckon we've got the? We get enough respect from the media? Do you think?
3: We're now, I think we now are starting to get it, I think because Kike is a bit of a kind of hipster football supporters kind of dream, good looking, intelligent, um, well put together, um, tactically astute manager. He's the kind of, you know, the hipster supporters sort of manager of the season because he's like, he's exactly how they would want a a manager to be. I still feel that Bournemouth get this kind of, um, yeah, little Bournemouth, aren't they great kind of thing. Or well, it's easy, easier if you're backed by a Russian billionaire to be little old Bournemouth, uh, and let's see how we go on Saturday.
1: I'm going to I'm going to come in here because I think we have busted it. We have busted that myth. I think we are getting the credit we deserve, and I think every football supporter sits there on match of the day saying we should have been the game before that. I think that's just what every football supporter thinks, and everyone we're predisposed to looking at the negative. I know there are some people out there who aren't who who are. Who, uh, Positive all the time, but we are predisposed to to if people aren't Watford supporters, we're very unforgiving with the way they cover our our football team. And I actually think there's been a few little snidey comments here and there, but I think we've absolutely rammed it down everyone's throat, and and people have turned round. and I I personally think that we're getting the credit we deserve, and and I, and I know exactly where Dave was coming from, where he where he was worried about the, being patronised, but I think that came from. Our two previous visits to the Premier League were were joyless. We, we said it a minute ago, and and people saying "Oh, Watford did all right." Ultimately, didn't have enough, and that, you know and that's true, and because it, it was, we were so close yet so far so many times, and it did feel a bit patronising. Although oh, you know they were game, they gave it a go. Different now, absolutely poles apart, and and that's why I think we're we're enjoying this Premier League season more, um, and I I actually think we're getting more credit than we realise.
0: Yeah, maybe. But the the trouble is, again, we're still not complaining about Watford. We're still complaining about the bigger Premier League. Let's have a go. Let's see if we can find something to grumble about. The stadium, there's so much stuff going on. Anything to grumble about there? Any problems with this? The new Elton John stand, the little bits they've
1: added to it, the stuff in the you know the corner, the, there's building work going on. It's not, it's not finished. I, I can't do it. I can't find anything. I love it. I think it's really. I, just, I still sit there um, on a match day, and it's and it's pretty much full every time. Every, every time we've been there, decent crowd for for Leeds at the weekend. And I think it's important. I sometimes I look to around and say, look, look at the look at the Elton John It's not the most impressive structure in the world of football, but that is a. Perfect, beautiful little stand for our, that works perfectly for our ground. It's been built and it's full of people. I've been in it a couple of times. Dave will, will just ask you what it's like in there a I minute. Mean, I'm sure you've, you've got some complaints about it. <laughs> but it is, um, and we, how quickly we forget. Oh, well, like I said, I said it before. Watch, if you watch the um, season review of last year, you forget how, for, how new that stand is, but how quickly we're used to it. And work is going on all the time. It's it, and it's great. And I've lapsed into it again. We're trying to. We're trying to sort of. We're trying to sort of apply the acid test. Trying to really, really sort of apply uh, the Levy test to 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 Watford in to, in two thousand fifteen sixteen. And I find myself waxing lyrical about um, a piece of corrugated metal, basically. <laughs> Dave, talk to us about the stadium. What you thought?
3: The guy in front of me makes some awful racket in the second half. <laughs> no, I have to say the stadium's great. Well, I, I moved from the middle of the Rookery to. Fairly near the middle of the Sir Elton John stand, and it's great. Um, Really good view, easy to get in and out. The catering is fine. Um, I'm just in front of one of the press boxes, so I even get TV replays just after it happens. It's great because there's TV above my head. But I will will say, football side-on is so different. All these years, um, my buddy Will, sits in the Upper Graham Tate, has been telling me, you need to watch football side-on. And I said, what about the atmosphere in the rookery? Well, I've given that up. And football side on is a lot better, and yeah, no, the stadium is great. I am really enjoying it.
0: It's the, the bit I think where we can find a grumble, I think, we, and we, we 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 have talked about this on the podcast recently, is that bloke who sits in front of you slash sits in front of everybody and has a Twitter account and it is it is sort of that, that mentality of how fans expectations have ridiculously gone through the window and that's why we that's why we talk about the last couple of weeks we talked about the Spurs game and how people are critical of that and the criticalness of last week's game against Leeds and maybe that's the downside maybe it's it's us maybe it's our, our over analysing of, of things and just wanting more goals and more great fun entertaining
1: we get we get comfortable very quickly, I think, as football supporters. We know what we want, um and we know how we want it to happen. And once when it does start happening, it becomes the norm very quickly. And I think we need to we need to guard against that. I've said that before, I'm banging banging the same old drum. But I think ultimately, Dave, we've had you on, we've called you over the coals. You said some controversial things, perhaps. How do you stand by them? Yes or no?
3: Not really. I'm a bit embarrassed about what I said last year and I think I was, just, I was protecting myself emotionally from the disappointment of not going up and that's kind of human nature uh, and that's kind of how I am as a person so I know listen I was at Brighton I was absolutely delighted um, you know I've got the framed photo of, uh, of Matty Vidra's goal up at home because uh, it was an amazing moment and I know the photographer who took it and it was, it was great and I was jumping up and down on the Brighton mainline on a train going back to London uh, when we found out that we'd gone up and it was great and I've had an amazing time. I'd say that the win over Liverpool was one of, if not the best day I've ever had as a Watford fan, beating a properly big club and absolutely annihilating them at home was tremendous. However, and there's always a however, I did a history degree and you always finish with however, um, I just want to talk about the youth system and Watford's youth products. Now, I've always enjoyed having this kind of fake moral superiority either over other... Mates who support other teams because we've always produced youth products. But I cannot remember the last time we had a youth product in the matchday squad, let alone got one on the pitch. And whilst I'm sort of encouraged by how Harry Kuehl's team have done in India and they look like they're doing quite well, there seems like the gap between the first team and the youth team has never been bigger. And I remember my first appearance on the podcast, um, we interviewed Nick Cox, it was one of the times, and I said to him, Who's going to be the next? It was an obvious question. Who's going to be the next graduate number? I think we're at that point looking at number 50 or 51 to make it from the youth team to the first team. If I ask that question now, I'm really not sure who the answer would be. And I do worry that the youth team are being left behind and the golf is very big. It's a minor grumble, but looking at the longer term, it looks like we're going to buy youth products rather than bring them on ourselves.
1: Part part of me thinks that the gap should be big. Because the the level we're playing at, you're playing against people who have won World Cups, Champions Leagues. They've played in uh, in virtually every. We've probably got every continent represented in in the in the in the club, and we're going to come across teams who are just stacked with exactly the same quality, but more so. So, and it is a, it is a question worth raising. It's not something we've discussed that much, but I do think that if the gap isn't big, then. We're probably doing something wrong because the the reason we had those conversations before was we had to. It was born of necessity. Um and so it was a bit skewed and I think we, we clung onto to it as a as a positive during some during some very dark times. I do think the India Tour is is a positive. Um that was a, a fairly sizable um looking tournament. It was a a, a serious tournament and, and Watford acquitted themselves quite well. Just being invited there gives us the opportunity to put these sort of the youngsters in the line of fire, if you like, giving them meaningful match time, playing in front of big crowds and playing just that, that sort of, however long it was, two weeks in India could be as valuable as perhaps one of them coming in against Hartlepool in the FA Cup, like, you know, for example, that that used to happen before. So I think it's worth, it's a point worth making and one we mustn't forget, Watford mustn't forget their roots and, and how well we've done and the work that Nick Cox has done. But again, it's about being balanced and... Looking at it in, in, in context, we don't want to be Chelsea where we've got 50 players out on loan but we need to be competitive and we need to make sure that we safeguard our, our future in the Premier League.
0: I would say what is, what's got to, something's got to change therefore at the club um, and it probably takes a bit of time to change how those youth products come through and become first team players. It's definitely not going to be the same. You're not going to, go from, you know, you're not going to get Adam Thompson again uh, and that's a good thing. Um, but how does Adam Thompson go from being where he was when he was a youth player Do do his development and become a Premier League player for Watford, and I'm not quite sure where that's going to be.
1: Again, I think it's a that's I think it's a it's a question for football and and not for Watford, Um, and it's one that will be toyed with for a very 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 long time.
2: From the rookery end.
0: so we asked uh, you guys uh, have you got any grumbles uh, on Twitter and you gave us some uh, some great
1: tiny things that we maybe we should we should grumble about these things so Jamie Parkins hello Jamie he said uh, very little to complain about but I give you a distinct lack of dizzy sticks and dogs jumping through hoops of fire I can only agree where are they? Uh, Chris Bottom,
0: uh, I did like you, Chris. Uh, uh, Doesn't missing uh, uh Patokio count. Um, plus, uh, 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 Clive uh, Realstone Reel, uh, uh, said the parking nightmare. Uh, well, it's, gone up, it's gone up. He used to be five. I mean, that's seven pounds. What's
1: that about? Clive, Clive also says, how did we miss pie- playing the Pozzo Scouting Network? Well, uh, we'll let you take that with him, I think, uh, Clive. Um, and Rich says, the uh, the number of selfies being taken by tourists in the Sir Elton John stand. I think that's quite, quite a good thing, isn't it? People wanting to be seen at Vicarage Road—the place to be these days. Yeah, well, I don't think, and I don't think they're always uh, always tourists. Um, pies always seem to be either too cold. Or too hot. That's,
0: that's a big one. That's a big one.
1: Another uh, catering-based one here from Gareth Kingswood Hornet. He says, Sometimes I feel like my pre-match Bovril could have done with a bit of a stir. And I like this hashtag. Says, I think this might be my favourite hashtag of all time. Hashtag water at the top, concentrated at the end. <laughs> um, now, I've noticed this one, and I, 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 I'm going to go with this. Adam Drury, um, he says, uh, The
0: post-match queue up Occupation Road. Bloody nightmare. The
3: post-match shuffle. All you need to do, boys, move to the Otton John stand. I'm out it's easy I think it's a nice chance going up there
0: um, but there, there, there is a grumble sort of going on at the moment um, we're going to touch on it um, is, is about the, 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 the movement of fans in the uh, upper Graham Taylor stand um, there was an article on the uh, club website a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, information is going out um, and we've had a couple of people on Twitter and email sort of send their, their views about how they
1: think it's wrong and it's not right so, yeah, I mean, the basic premise is that the club have communicated very basically that at some stage there will be um, some relocation required to to um, basically allow for the expansion of the of the corporate hosp- hospitality offering, which I think we accept is, is sensible. The club is moving forward. We need to see income streams maximised. I know that sounds horrible and not very football fanny, but football fanny. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> he pays for Charlton, doesn't he? He does, actually. Very good, Dave, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, hashtag welcome Fanny was probably uh, beats my uh, concentrate at the top, uh, thin at the bottom, whatever that hashtag was. But uh, so, yeah, the, the club the, uh, and, I, and I believe they're in the in the in the processes of of making that that communication a bit more more formal now. But the basic premises: some people in the upper Graham Taylor stand are going to have to move, um, and it's likely to be season ticket holders shifted along. Now, we have to preface this conversation with saying that those of you who are season ticket holders and not um, grumpy old gits like Dave who will move at the drop of a hat enjoy their seat we sit there we've sat there probably for a long time we know the people we sit with we chose it probably because it's a good view um, and it's part of your match day going ritual your seat is your seat you love it Um, so being asked to move yeah I think any one of us would have been a little bit grumpy. Some people have met it, come across it um, on, on more isolated instances. You might have had to move for a TV gantry. You might have had to move against Leeds at the weekend because they, they have the whole Vicarage Road end. You might have been moved when um, the uh, main stand was deemed um, unusable. So there, isn't, there, isn't, uh, there is, um, what's the word? Um, there is precedent. I mean, totally understand why people might be upset about it. That said I I have to be completely honest uh, and we you know we're all we're all Watford supporters here we're all part of one big happy Watford family so I hope my comments are taken in the spirit in which they're intended but I have found some of the the language and the and perhaps the negative outpouring and I know we've just done a big segment on trying to be negative but I found it quite uncomfortable how quickly um some supporters have have, have jumped on this um and as we as we record on it's Tuesday night, we don't know the full facts. We don't know what the what the what the plan is. Apart from there will be some relocations, but I'm a little bit disappointed. And and the sense of I will not move. I shouldn't have to move. Is different to I'm disappointed. I have to move. Um, and I think it comes at a time, perhaps, when we've, you know, there's a lot of con- con- confusion about fan v customer, and I think that debate is a is a very very worthwhile one, but I think it stems from ticket prices, and uh, there was the the, the well-publicised um, walkout at, at, at Liverpool. They felt that the prices they were due to be charged wasn't um appropriate bearing in mind the amount of income that the club has and i think that's an obvious correlation the club there is an amount they have to charge and it doesn't shouldn't go above that 20s plenty is is a is a perfect reasoning reasonable start for for that debate fan v customer that 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 is appropriate there but i do think when watford football club are trying to Make improvements that will ultimately benefit the club we're happy to see the Pozzos drop six million pounds on a player here. eight million pound on a player there. That money has to come from somewhere, and yeah i'm not in I'm in the rookery end. I don't have to move, so of course, I understand the potential frustration, but i, I must be honest and say I find it frustrating with the speed um the ferocity. And some of the quite sort of almost threatening language that, that some people have used when, when saying, well, I'm, I'm not going to move. So I think I saw someone mention, you know, this is online and people can type anything online. Someone was talking about legal action. So <laughs> I understand you might have sat there since, the, since the, 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 the rouse stand as it was then, it was Bill. But quite frankly, it isn't your seat. It doesn't belong to you. I understand the attachment. I understand how important you are. We all are. To Watford Football Club, but I also think that I just—it just leaves me a little bit uncomfortable—the way that some supporters have have voiced their understandable, opinion, their understandable um, annoyance, perhaps, but with the, like I say, the ferocity, the negativity. Um, during what has been an incredible season we, we we are lucky what's happened at our football club, there's been a lot of, it hasn't happened uh, on the toss of a coin, it hasn't happened because someone won the lottery, it's happened because um, people have prepared to put their money in and we are reaping the benefits of that, we're enjoying watching the football um, so there has sometimes there, is, there has to be a bit of give and take, ticket prices go up a little bit, they have done this year and you take it because you understand where it's going um, so yeah, like I said at the top, it's no one likes change. I get that. But the the way which which some people have reacted, I I just personally feel a little bit uncomfortable about.
0: Next up for Watford in the super duper Premier League uh, is a home game against one AFC Bournemouth. The lovely, beautiful,
1: aren't they sweet?
0: AFC Bournemouth. Mike, you looking forward to it?
1: The super cherries. Bring it on. I think my um Ultimately, I'd like all promoted sides to stay up, I think. And I think my... Um, yeah, I don't hate hate Bournemouth. Um, they rankle a little bit, I think it's fair to say. They've got our, our trophy. And quite frankly, I wouldn't mind if they had the opportunity to defend it next year, um, back in the Championship. But uh, all joking aside, we owe them one, I think. Um, we didn't play particularly well at, at Dean Court. I was really, really disappointed with the performance down there. That was then, this is now. And I think what it actually will provide is a really... Um, interesting yardstick as to how far we've progressed in the season and people I think I don't, can't remember when if Kike did say it or he was paraphrased and people have talked about the the handbrake coming off and the shackles being lifted a little bit Um, so will we see a bit more of an expansive um, game against Bournemouth will we see us go for it a little bit more they've really they've got a They've got it's a tough game for them. It's, they'll they'll see it as an opportunity to to get some valuable points in their fight, which is still a, against relegation for them. So, really, really interesting game as they have been week in week out. There seems to have every game has been important for at least one of the parties involved. I think Watford can if they can win this one, amazing. I think that's it. Slippers and pipe time, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and look forward to the the FA Cup quarter final. Um, we'll put
0: on thirty. That would a win would we'll put us on thirty nine points. Which is not the faulty of a complete safety, but it, it makes us really, really safe. Um, in terms of what's going to be, we're going to see on the pitch. In terms of the squad, David, um, do you, what, what do you want? To, what do you want to see? Do you think? Do you want to see something more like Spurs or something a little bit more forward thinking?
3: One thing that's definitely going to happen is one Juanterbe is bound to score because that's just the rule of football, just like uh, added did. I don't think he'll. I
0: don't think he'll play. I don't. You won't even give him the pitch. I bet. I bet.
3: All right. I'll. Uh... I'll see your bet and raise, and raise you a grumble. <laughs> <laughs> that's It's now a, a currency, a grumble. Um, on the pitch, well, I'd really like to see us go for it. I know that we're not going to go gung ho, um, but if you look, look, <clears throat> if you look at the fixtures afterwards, uh, Manchester United and Leicester, I would understand if we were a little bit more conservative uh, for those. But um, in this game, I like to see Igallo and Dini stick higher up the pitch. Both of them play. Let's push on and let's try and um, score early in the first half whilst remaining solid. It's interesting to see who he picks at left-back because yeah. um has been excellent when he's had the chance, but Ake has been one of our best players of the season. If he had a right foot, I'd stick him at right-back, but um, which is a bit of a problem area. Um, but yeah, in a typical Watford way, we've got two excellent left-backs and two poor to mid-league right-backs.
1: I love I love Holibas. I love the fact that he's come back um and performed really well against against Leeds and then spoke positively. I think when he has spoken he has been really positive and what I love about that is it shows that you know we've spoken about Berghaus on the on the podcast before Obiolari I think is a different kettle of fish because he's he's slightly younger and he's very much one for the future but Holbybass has shown what Kike has always said that I'm going to keep them in and around the squad and they will get a chance. And he's come in and he performed really really well against Leeds and I think personally i think we're going to struggle to sign ake in the in the summer i think he'll be very very expensive um, but also he'll want to go back to chelsea new
0: boss i want to sort of see if possibly i can get in their in their in their squad so i think i don't think he'll want to rush back to to watford next year either
1: yeah yeah either way i think i'd be delighted if we did keep him because to have two two quality senior left backs would would be amazing and i'd be surprised if we didn't certainly make inquiries but holby is sort of he's the um you know he's that he's that uh, you can cling to him in as much as even if signings don't look great right from the get go, and there was a lot of noise about him being a bit poisonous around the uh, poisonous, is perhaps a little bit strong, but his attitude wasn't great. But he's he's still there, and when he does come in for his, they're very very isolated performances, but he's turning in superb performances. So I'm I'm really glad Dave mentioned him because it, it was great to see him.
3: If we, it looks like we probably play the four three one two with the narrow sort of Kapu Watson and Barami and then one behind. Uh, Dini Nagalo, would you play Gerardo or would you pick Abdi?
1: Gerardo for me. Um I just think he's um I think he's getting better with with um with each passing game. The the injury came at a really unfortunate time for him. Um I'd like to see. I think he was incrementally having a bigger impact on the game. Perhaps more important, no, not more importantly, but he was also incrementally switching people's minds in the, in the big Gerardo debate. I think there was more, we were talking about the Brexit this week, it's, what's the big Gerardo where referendum is is perhaps more important for, for Watford supporters at the moment.
3: Who does Boris Johnson think should play?
1: Oh, Gerardo, obviously, every time. Um, but, but yeah, I'd like to see him back in there. I don't know if he's fit or not, um, but he's one of those players who is just He's just obviously really, really talented and uh, it's it's a good good problem to have.
0: Okay, we'll talk about uh, about what happens and what the choices are in that game next week on the next from the Rooker end. Um, But last, just before we go, um, uh, weird, a really weird moment last week. Um, Slightly sad, but slightly excited all at the same time. uh, Seeing Lloyd Doyley hold up another team's shirt. It was a bit weird.
1: Really, really pleased he's got a new club because if anyone deserves it, it's, it's Lloyd. Um, I think I'll be the first to admit that when he first started playing for Watford, I was like, crikey, Moses, what have we got with this guy? Where did we get him from? He didn't look like, you know, he didn't look like a footballer. But after a couple of years, I quickly realised my mistake. What, you know, he worked hard, he committed, um, lovely guys, we know he's been, we've been lucky enough to have him on the podcast a number of times. And ultimately, what a superb defender. You never beat Lloyd Doyley. He was so hard to get round um and he he was solid during such a tumultuous turbulent difficult time for Watford and um yeah really really sad that he's not a Watford player anymore but I think you know obviously the the realist knows that he wasn't going to get get much game time so yeah odd to see him in a different in a different shirt wish him all the best really really hope he does well up there um yeah and I think it's just a massive thank you really I think he's great to have a character like that he summed up that he summed up his era perfectly. Um, so we're we'll back next week. Uh, thank you very much, Dave, uh, for getting involved and um,
0: uh, and and sharing some grumbleness with us. Always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, and uh, here's to a, a win against mine.
1: Yeah, let's let's bury them. Bury the cherries. Bury the cherry pips.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the Rookery end.